You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Today on the show, I thought we'd do kind of a grab bag, a potpourri of different things. I love talking about the afterlife. I love talking about living life. And I do declare that we live a whole different kind of life when we believe in the afterlife, when we can look at a happy picture of our loved one who is no longer walking on this earth, but say to them, dad, mom, sis, son, I know you're still with me. And you keep the relationship alive and you keep talking to them and you do different things. Maybe you've been to a medium and you've gotten some words that your loved one has lived on. But even if you haven't, if you act as if they are still around, because they are, it's only a matter of time before they're able to communicate from their side. When we become more present and pay attention you start noticing things. Has it ever happened to you that you've seen a license plate as you drive and it might have the name of your loved one? Signs are a big one for me. Even looking at billboards, there could be a message on it that is not the product that they're advertising, but a hidden meaning. So today I just want to share a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just to give a little bit more flavors of the afterlife being real. We're going to start out with some stories from hospice nurses. Now, hospice nurses are the ones closest to people as they transition. And very often people look beyond the loved ones and they see angels or they see relatives coming for them. So these are some quotes and some stories from hospice workers that I'd like to read to you. I recently had a young woman who was dying in her home. She was talking to me, and then suddenly she opened her eyes, looked at me, and asked, why is it when I open my eyes, all the people go away? I told her the people were there for her, and it was okay to go with them. She very peacefully said, okay, that's what I'll do then, and passed away about 10 minutes later. Here's another one. Although I am a nurse, my most vivid experience with this comes from when my mother was in the hospital. She was an end-stage COPD patient and was teetering on the edge of full arrest. As she was going out, she looked up past us, all of her children, in the room and said, Mom, then, oh, look at all the flowers, they're so beautiful. Then she passed. Here's another one. 
One of my grandfather's aunts was going through cancer, and my grandmother was home nursing her. My grandmother told me every time she got to her house, she heard my aunt talking to someone. When she asked who she was talking to, she said that she was talking to her nephew, which would be my grandfather, and that he always came to visit her when she was lonely. My grandmother also said that my aunt talked to everyone who was dead and that she had 30-minute conversations with the dead family members. She'd answer them back like they were asking her questions, and my grandmother told me when my great-aunt passed, she sat up in her bed, which she never does, took a deep breath, smiled, and passed away. And another. My mother described scenes with loved ones that had passed before. She would look up to the corner of the room where the ceiling and the wall met and say things like, Oh, look, they're getting ready for a party. She told me that she would be attending my son's wedding with her brother who had passed before her. Mother died a month before my son got married. Here's another. My mother was virtually blind at the time of her death, but seemed to be seeing something beautiful the day before she passed. She looked at the blank wall as if she was watching a movie, eyes following everything. She reached towards whatever it was and smiled and passed. And another. Mom had advanced Alzheimer's and had not shown facial expression in a year or more. She also spoke of my father, who had been dead for 10 years, although she had long forgotten him. But before she passed, she said, Your dad is waiting for me to come home. I don't want to keep him waiting. And here's another. My friend lost a son at birth. And many years later, her other son died of brain stem cancer at the age of 21. A few days before he died, he told his mom, This boy says he's my brother, and he'll take me with him. There was no one where he pointed, and by that time, he was blind. He talked about the boy until the end of his life. And another Rose was a sweet, beautiful, beloved grandmother who amazed me at how she just accepted she was dying until the end. Her pulse was thready and her blood pressure dropping, and it was only a matter of time. I asked her if she needed anything, and she looked my way and stated, You've come to get me, haven't you? I told her no. She was not going anywhere, for she had tests today. She smiled sweetly and said, I'm not talking to you, sweetheart. And I realized she was looking over my shoulder. She closed her eyes and was never alert again. She died about 10 minutes later. Before I continue on with the stories, don't you just wonder when your time comes, who will be coming for you? You know, as we lie there, I can imagine my cat Millie, who's long deceased, jumping up on my bed, perhaps with her cat, Ozzy, my dad reaching out with a big smile, reaching for my hand, I'm reaching for his, my grandmother, Betsy, I called her the great one. She, I'm sure, will be standing by the bed too. And all hosts of people that I don't normally think of on a daily basis. That moment before we pass We are greeted, we are shown this beautiful terrain, whether it's flowers or the stars or whatever that may be that will make us the happiest and bring us the most joy. And we'll have our loved ones there reaching for us as if there's a party being thrown in our honor. 
These stories when people smile and they're delighted and they see into the afterlife, they're just amazing. So we can be comforted that no one dies alone. There's always someone to take us home in our real home. So let's hear some more stories. A couple of days before my mother died, she was telling me about the angels in her room. She pointed upward towards the areas of the ceiling and described them. Just seconds before she died, I was sitting at her bedside, holding her hand. She had been unresponsive since the evening before. She took her hand out of mine and held it upward toward where she had been pointing at the angels, and then she quit breathing. Here's another. My father passed away last June from mantle cell lymphoma. About two weeks before he passed away, he was sitting on the edge of the bed with his eyes closed and not responsive to my mom calling his name. So she went up to him and touched him on the shoulder and called his name again, and then he responded. He told my mom that he was sitting up in the clouds, looking out into the vast universe of blue. He could see his feet dangling down and said it was so peaceful, and that if my mom had not touched him, he would have not come back. I knew then that he was close to the end. I think God gave him this brief glimpse of how wonderful the afterlife was going to be. Here's another. One lady was a 93-year-old Alzheimer's patient, and I was her home hospice primary nurse. She had 24-7 hired caregivers in the home, and she was nonverbal for the last 18 months of her life. I was at her bedside. She had no children, and her husband had died many years before, and I was at her bedside holding her hand as she took her last breaths. Even after 18 months of not talking, at the time of her death, she opened her eyes and said one word, Mama, with a smile as wide as anything I've ever seen, and then she died. I had tears in my eyes. The hired caregiver was standing there with her jaw on the floor. Here's another. My mom's sister was stricken with diphtheria at the age of three. Now, this was back in the 30s, even before my mom was born. She was extremely sick, and my grandmother swears that one day she, my grandmother, saw a beautiful little girl wearing a white dress dancing circles around their well outside in the yard. She says every time she walked out on the porch, she saw this little girl and that she was the only one that could see her. My aunt died that night. Still gives me chills. I think it's rare for us living people that are not close to death to see people in the hereafter, but it's not impossible. I've talked to mediums who talk as if people are standing right there with them. They can look at them head to toe and they're seeing them in their mind's eye, but they're seeing them almost like they're seeing other people as opposed to just their imagination. It's like they're really seeing them. My aunt used to work for the airlines, and she introduced me to her friend George, who was a flight attendant. And George didn't tell many people about this because, of course, nobody wants people to think that we're crazy. But George told me he could see people in the afterlife. He would see maybe children playing in the room, or he'd see someone he didn't recognize, only to look through family photo albums and recognize the people as ancestors that had lived before him. And once he said the children were playing and he thought, you know, could be his imagination, but he said to one of the children, he said, I can see you. 
And the girl looked at him, and then all of a sudden, almost as if in a cloud of smoke, she disappeared. So it's all very, very fascinating how it works and how some people are tapped in. And I do think when we're young, we have the ability to know things because our ego really hasn't formed and we don't get caught up in the day-to-day things that are happening in life. We're still living in that imagination zone. And our imagination is how the spirit world comes through to us. What we think we're creating, we're actually not. So if you're interested in really getting rid of your fear of dying, I've had plenty of hospice nurses tell me that all you need to do is volunteer at hospice and be by the bedside of people that are dying. You hear and witness over and over and over and over and over again, people seeing their loved ones coming for them who are already dead and bringing them home. We'll be back in just a minute with a little bit more potpourri. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash shades. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. 
Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Art Bell Vault never disappoints. Classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for full details. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And as we continue on our show with a little bit of this and a little bit of that, I want to talk about kids who remember heaven, kids that have memories of the life they led before coming here. I had once spoken to one of my food service distributors when I was catering for my race teams, and he knew I had written the book, We Don't Die, and said he had a little bit of a strange story. His daughter, when she was just very, very young, asked his wife why she no longer has curly hair and wears glasses. So this little girl had never seen a picture of her mother from this time, but when her mom met her dad when they first started dating, she had worn glasses and she had permed curly hair. So the girl somehow knew that, and I can tell you, it freaked the parents out, but it had them start thinking, is there more to life than meets the eye? So here are some stories. Okay, here's the first one. This lady writes, When my son was 18 months old, we were driving to the grocery store. He was unusually quiet for a time and then out of the blue spoke, Mommy, I really miss my father. It seemed a bit odd as he normally called his father Daddy. I responded, Daddy will be home before we get back from the store. In a surprisingly matter-of-fact way, he clarified, No, I mean my father in heaven. I used to sit and talk with him and I really miss him. Here's another one from Rami, age eight. Before I came to earth, my angel blessed me. She told me I would be having a good mother and father and then a sister too. She said I would do something special on earth, but she didn't say what it was. I felt happy and excited to come to earth. I felt a drop sad to leave my heaven friends, but I knew I could come back to heaven in my sleep to visit. My angel hugged me and gave me a lot of love and told me to give the love to lots of people to make them happy. She said that she would stay close to me, and I could pray to her if I needed her help. All right, this is from Joanna, age two and a half. When Joanna was two and a half, she spoke often of a friend named Emily, but my wife and I had never seen Emily. Whenever Joanna spoke of her, my wife and I questioned her about this imaginary friend. 
Most of her responses were typical for a child of her age. She said they played and danced and sang together, things like that. We wrote it off as a child's imaginary friend and figured it might be her way of dealing with the upcoming addition to our family in just a few months. Yet some of Joanna's responses really puzzled us. She started mentioning the light in relation to her friend Emily. We wondered where Joanna was coming up with this, so we tried to question her more deeply without putting thoughts or words into her mouth. She made comments like, Emily and I were together before, and Emily showed me the light. As interesting as it seemed, we still blew it off as an imaginary friend. One day, while shopping, Joanna got very excited and tried to stand up in the shopping cart. She pointed across the store, over there, there she is, that's Emily. A family with four or five kids was shopping about a hundred feet away. My wife and I looked at each other and shrugged, why not? We walked up to the family, whom we've never seen before, and asked, By any chance, is one of your children named Emily? Somewhat startled, they answered yes, and pointed to their smallest child, who was already deep in conversation with our little Joanna. The parents seemed puzzled and asked, Why do you ask? We explained that Joanna's imaginary friend from heaven, named Emily, whom we were beginning to believe may not be imaginary after all. Emily's parents seemed to think we were a bit strange, of course. Meanwhile, Joanna and Emily had shut the rest of us out and absorbed in conversation with each other. We could not help but feel our little daughter had found her friend from heaven. And this story is from Becky, age 10. I was scared by the thought of leaving heaven. A woman who looked about 30 came to my rescue. She finished her earth life and knew what mortality was like because she'd been through it. She reassured me that I would be okay. I had known for a very long time in heaven, even before she went to earth. She was very kind to me, and I knew she loved me. This lady angel showed me a future scene of my earthly mother and how proudly my father held me as a newborn. They were beaming, proud parents. It was obvious that they loved me, even needed me to be a part of their lives. Feeling their love gave me courage and eased my fear of leaving heaven. I then knew my time on earth would be okay. Have you heard the concept that we pick our parents? Now, I'm not 100% sure in that. However, if we do look at the parents we have, the good things that we learn from them, and maybe the negative things that we wish we hadn't learned, we can all agree that we are who we are because of them. Even if negative things happened, we can overcome them and become great parents and do great things because of the negative things that happened. And vice versa, we get a lot of really good stuff from our good parents. So here's another story. This is Lisa, age four. One day, when I was about four years old, my mother sent me to play outside so she could get some housework done. As I played, I glanced up and looked at the mountain ranges near our farm. It seemed that I had seen those mountains before, but from a different perspective. As I studied them, a vision opened up in my mind. I saw myself with a group of boys and girls sitting in a circle on the ground, I didn't count the exact number, but it was about 25 or 30 children. I had the impression we were learning, like in a school. 
Suddenly, from behind me and over my right shoulder, I felt my name being called. I say felt because it wasn't a verbal sound, I just knew. I turned and saw a rather tall, slender man standing there. I looked at him and mentally asked, Is it my time to go? Yes, he replied. The next thing I knew, the man and I were moving across the sky above the mountains by our farm. He was on my right side, and we spoke with each other as we went. Suddenly, we stopped mid-flight. Looking down, I saw a farmhouse, a barnyard with a fence, a canal behind the house, and a small road winding down a hill. I asked my guide, is this where I'm going to live? Yes. Will I be the only child? No, you will be one of many. Will I be happy there? If you want to be. A snowflake fluttered across my eyes, bringing me back to the present. I was born on that farm, and it looked just like it had from the sky. I was the 11th and last child of the family. Here's another. I was putting three-year-old Johnny to bed when he asked for a bedtime story. For the past few weeks, I had been telling him of the adventures of his great-great-grandfather, a colonizer, a soldier, a community leader. As I started telling another story, Johnny stopped me and said, No, tell me of Grandpa Robert. I was surprised. This was my grandpa. I had not told stories of him, and I could not imagine where Johnny had heard his name. He had died before I was even married. How do you know about Grandpa Robert? I asked. Well, Mama, he said reverently, he's the one who brought me to earth. Oh, I got goosebumps from that one. Here's another. When Nan and Dan Barker of Arizona were unable to have biological sons and daughters, they felt blessed to adopt four children, and they felt their family was complete. Then one day, their three-year-old son said, Mama, there's another little girl who is supposed to come to our family. The mother said, We're already so blessed to have all of you. The boy continued, She has dark hair and dark eyes, and she lives a long way from here. The mother asked, how do you know this? To which the boy replied, Jesus told me, upstairs. To which the mother replied, we don't have any upstairs. The parents, being taught by the child, got in touch with an international adoption agency. Today, Nan and Dan Barker have a fifth child to their family, a little girl with dark hair and dark eyes. Here's another. I had always heard that one could learn many things from children, but not until we had a very precious experience with one of our own did I realize how true this could be. When our first child, Alan, was just two, his great aunt, Linda, passed away. I had been worrying about how I was going to tell Alan about death. My husband and I had taken him to see Linda once or twice a week, so there had to be some explanation for the termination of our visits. Mustering all my courage, for I was new at this sort of thing, I sat Alan on the kitchen stool and drew up a chair. Alan, honey, I said, Aunt Linda has gone back to our Heavenly Father. Before I could say anything more, he asked, Who took her? I stumbled around for an answer, and then I said, it must have been someone she knew. Immediately, his little face lit up as if he recognized a familiar situation. He said with a happy smile, Oh, I know what it's like. Grandpa Clark brought me when I came to you. He'll probably take me back when I die. 
Alan, then three years old, proceeded to describe Grandfather Clark, my father, who had been dead nearly 12 years. Alan had never seen a picture of him, but he told me how much he loved his grandfather and how good his grandfather had been to him. Alan indicated that my father had helped teach him and prepare him to come to earth. Immediately after this occasion, Alan's father talked to him, and Alan repeated the same experience to him. Alan later told his grandmother, Clark, about the experience. For several months, he talked about these things as a happy, natural memory of real experience. Then, suddenly, the memory was erased, and Alan did not know what we were talking about when we discussed it. However, he had taught us some great truths when he was a toddler. This is often the case when kids remember such things, and they're so vivid, but they get a little bit older, and life kicks in, school kicks in, friends, and these things are forgotten. We'll be back in just a moment, and you'll hear a near-death experience from a gentleman who was an atheist. We'll also eavesdrop on a medium reading that I witnessed yesterday. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. We are happy to announce that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached over 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows for free. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. Coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. 
Dr. Nathan Newman, doctor to top athletes and celebrities, plus creator of stem cell-based Luminesce, is proud to announce a much lower price on his products, so more can enjoy a more youthful look. Luminesce is great for women and men on those fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, plus great on the neck, forehead, and hands. Dr. Newman. What causes the skin to break down with age? Changes that we start to look on our skin starts actually in our 20s where we get sun damage and the effects of pollution and our environment start to cause our skin to age and we start to break down the collagen, the elastin, and we get glycation, which is the sugar that we eat gets stuck within the collagen fibers and makes our skin inflexible. The Luminous Skin Care line does two things. One, it has a reparative effect so it makes the skin look and feel much better, softer, supple, and more young and smooth, but it also is preventative. So it prevents the skin from the breakdown and the damage that we get from the sun and from the environment and from sugars that we have in our body. Thank you, Dr. Newman. For several years, we have offered Luminous products and decided a price reduction was in order, so more can enjoy the amazing benefits of Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous. Shop now at HealthyLooking.com or call toll-free 800-604-3129. If you would like to try Luminous, how about our starter kit, postage paid for $19.99? See the full line of products from Luminous, plus our starter kit offer at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or call 800-604-3129. Luminous from HealthyLooking.com. You're listening to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now let's get back to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and in this segment, I want you to hear from Jose Hernandez. He was an engineer, and he's turned artist. Why? He had a near-death experience where he went from atheist turned believer. So here's Jose. When I had my experience, I was a true atheist, true atheist. I didn't believe in any kind of religion. I didn't believe in, in anything. I thought this was all foo-foo. I am an engineer. I was up on a bucket truck. We were running some electrical lines. We were running late. We started to kind of try to hurry up. We decided, I'm going to stay up on the bucket. We're not going to go up and down. And you just be careful with the trees and navigate delicately. The guy that was with me, my partner, was more worried about it electrocuting me up on top. So he was more worried about looking up and he just kind of bumped into a tree. I hit the bucket and I broke all my ribs on my right side. I was sent to an emergency room, of course. There was some issues with my ribs that weren't healing properly. Was sitting in an emergency room waiting. And I know the nurse said, here, if you need anything, push this button. And I sat on that bed and I was really struggling to breathe at one point. I thought about pushing the button but because I grew up in the South Bronx and we're supposed to be these tough men, I said, no, I could, I could manage this. I could get through this. I always do. I waited about 45 minutes. And when I finally put the button, uh, the nurse came in and she just looked at me and she just hit the cold blue. 
that was the beginning of my experience of dying. And I had a, a, a series of emotions because I, I was suffocating, so it was kind of slow. I'll tell you what my first emotion was. When everybody ran into the room, my first emotion was shame. To strip me down so quickly that I just felt shame. After I had that sense of shame, I started to feel, you know, what if this is real? What if something's really happening here? And what's going to go, what's going to happen to my family? Because I never expected anything like this. So you're totally unprepared. And I'm thinking, how are they going to manage? And that created a tremendous lump. I started thinking about God. You know what? If you get me through this event, I will change. I'll change my way of being. I'll be a better person. You won't regret it kind of thing. I'm waiting. Nothing happens. And then I felt this sense of anger. Like I knew he wasn't real. And then I got this tremendous sense of fear. And because I thought when I die, there's nowhere for me to go. I didn't believe in anything. I would just be shut off like a light bulb and just turn into nothingness. So I became very fearful and I wanted so badly to ask somebody to hold my hand. And then I started thinking, well, I can't ask for help because my father would be ashamed of me because I'm supposed to be tough. I got to tough this out. So I stiffened. And I waited for death. I started to hear the IB and it sounded like raindrops hitting on a tin roof. So it was like splash, splash, splash. I looked at the wallpaper and I'll never forget this because my eyes were so cute that I could see the grain in the wallpaper. And there's this sense of wonder happening within me at the same time as I'm, no, I'm dying and I'm scared. Terrified might be a better word. And then I, I noticed this shadow by the door and it just stood there. And then I started thinking, you know what? I've had such a hard and difficult life. Maybe it's okay to kind of let go. Maybe there's, there's no shame in this. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm just realizing that I, there's nothing I could do to, to, to stem this chain of events, right? I can't stop it. I kind of said, it's okay. It's okay to die. And the minute I said that, or thought that, the shadow just moved. And it just moved around everybody in that room. And in my mind, I could see his, his hand reaching out to me and it just touched my toe. And the minute it touched my toe, I just felt this tremendous sense of relief and relaxation and peace and love and calm. And I wasn't struggling to breathe anymore. I was in bliss. And I felt this breeze, this really warm breeze just blowing. And I visualized, because I got long hair, I'm thinking, wow, my hair must be blown in this breeze. This is, this is kind of like amazing. And then I felt myself kind of being lifted, lifted until I found myself in the corner of the room. And I was observing the effort by the 
the CPR team, the group that was there trying to save my life. And I looked at them and I could see there was a doctor right over me, just pumping, pumping, pumping. And I could see there was a lot of stress in her face. And uh, I looked at myself and I said, that's me and I'm dead. But if that's me, then who am I? This is the first thoughts that came to me, incredibly enough. And then I just heard this voice right next to me say, think of your body as a car. And that car has like 5 million miles on it and there's nothing we could do to fix it anymore. So, you know, you have to now say goodbye to your body. And I thought, wow, I just kind of said it was okay to die. Now I'm standing here because I feel like I'm standing there, right? I don't know what I look like. I don't know what form I'm in, but I know I'm, 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 I'm in some form of existence. And I look at myself and something very strange happened. For the first time in my life, I loved and appreciated who I was and who I've been. And I was so grateful for that body, that vessel, for giving me the opportunity to live the life that I lived. And I think it's something we rarely do. Take that one second to say, I'm not flawed. I'm the way I'm supposed to be, because we look, we're always looking for what's wrong with us. We never really appreciate what we have that's good about us. And I started to get these memories of what I call everyday benign things. So somebody smiling, my little brother, me holding his hand, a kiss, simple things, you know, a, a child looking at you with this amazing love in their eyes, your children. Because those are things that happen every day, just taking in a breath of air. How in, insane and how amazing that is, right? So I had this insane appreciation for who I had been and who I was. And then the voice said to me, okay, now it's time for us to move on. And we started walking. Now I never saw this presence, so I don't know what it was. It felt feminine. And then I could see this huge hole in the ground, like a big black hole. And we're kind of walking right into it and we walk right into it and then I feel like I'm falling. And it was a bit of a painful experience because I feel like something was being ripped off of me. And it felt like I was falling forever. And when I finally hit what I would call ground, it kind of ended for a second and then she kind of said, you gotta keep going. And there was another one. And I went into that hole and I fell and I kept falling and I felt this thing just ripping things off of me. When I hit the bottom, the first thing I saw was this mass of color. And the color was just moving and it had so much life in it that I became instantly amazed. My expectation when I died was that I would encounter nothing and become nothing. Now I'm beginning to see things that were mind-boggling in the sense that this color was alive. 
was living and it was moving and it was talking to me and it was talking to me like millions of voices. So it sounded like chatter, like But somehow there was some kind of comprehension happening at a level that even there I couldn't really understand. And then they just opened up and I saw this amazing forest. Now I grew up in New York City, so that's to me quite striking because I saw these mountains and I could see this, the shadow that the clouds make on the mountains and they were so dark and contrasty. And I could see these wild herds of animals just running. And I found that I was kind of hovering. I saw this amazing vista and I'm looking up and I'm seeing that mountain and I'm realizing that I'm flying. So I said, oh my gosh, I'm flying. And I heard this voice just say to me, that's normal here. And then I, I thought about my children and this was the, the only aspect of when I was transitioning that was a bit painful to me. So I said, what's gonna happen to my kids? And that boy said to me, don't worry, you could see them from here. And when I heard that, that was like the most amazing thing that I have ever heard. And I said, oh wow, this is amazing. So it took all my fears away and then I just started flying and I started moving over this landscape and, and, and looking down and, and feeling, of course, that amazing sense of peace and calm and tranquility that uh, comes with it and, and this deep sense of love. There's no way to really describe it. You've heard that probably a hundred times, but there really isn't. But I continued on my journey and I went over the mountaintops and I could see snow on the top. And I was like, wow, so amazed. I was really awed more than anything. And then I looked out into the horizon and I could see the sun. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear the rest of Jose Hernandez's story. You'll also get to eavesdrop on a very interesting medium demonstration that we just had. We'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're listening to Jose Hernandez's story and what he experienced while he was on the other side. I look down and I see this amazing cove and I see a beach and I see a man in the water. He's like knee deep in the water. And he's got six children holding onto his right hand in a, in a string, right, in a line, and one child on his left hand. And I said, wow, that's pretty amazing. Let me go down and see what that's all about. So I moved down, and maybe I'm about 10 feet, 15 feet away, and he turns around. That was my father. It was amazing to see him, but what was more amazing was that me and my father had a very, very hard relationship. We used to bump heads tremendously. And he used to drink. And he was quite abusive. And uh, even though I was the seventh of eight children, I became like my mother's protector. And so we had a lot of clashes. And I don't ever remember saying to my father in life that I love you. Or he to me and his ways were very strict so we couldn't hog that wasn't what men do it was like very he had this image of men being like empty without a soul without feelings without wow what an opportunity to say to my father what i could never say to him in life and so we had this exchange that was very emotional to me. But I understood that he loved me. And I think he understood that I loved him. So it kind of reunited us in a strange way. Not only did we meet there, but it, 
from a more spiritual perspective, we, we became one. Anyway, after all this amazing time, he looks at me, he says, look, you have to go back. And I'm looking at him and I said, no, I don't think so. I really like it here. He's like, no, you gotta go back. It's not your time. And I'm looking at him like, no, I, I wanna stay. And uh, then I felt this tugging, like in my chest, but coming from my back. And I started being pulled. And I went back into my body. I opened my eyes and the doctor that was doing CPR, CPR she kind of got surprised and she kind of lifted her head back a little. And then I went right back to my father and I'm in this space again. And he's looking at me, he says, no, you really don't get it, you have to come back. And he said, look, this is what we're gonna do. So we kind of started to structure a deal in heaven. And he said to me, look, when it's your time, I promise I will come and get you. And I looked at him and I'm thinking, wow, what an amazing deal that is. I, how could I say no? And so I accepted that and I went back. When you have your experience of dying, you get this interconnectivity. You feel like you're connected to everything. So that sense of oneness is really profound. When you come back into your physical body again, you feel that sense of separation. So there, there's something about being in body that makes us feel like we're independent of the rest of the world. It's really soothing, eye-opening, and, and it's very calming. It's a calming feeling that it permeates through you to know that everything is as it should be in a sense, right? Everything's working towards a goal, and that goal is well beyond what we may ever know, but it's still doing it. That's a great story. We don't need to have a near-death experience to live our life differently and to believe. For the last part today, I want to let you hear part of our Sunday gathering. Each Sunday, my friends and I get together and we provide a very uplifting spiritual service for anyone who's interested online. Part of our Sunday gathering is always a demonstration of mediumship, completely free. And this medium reading by Carrie McLeod really struck me as something I thought you needed to hear. I now do feel I have dad. So somebody hears dad would I don't actually feel he flew but I do know he had an incredible interest in aeroplanes of all kinds I know he would have known about old aeroplanes and I know he would I don't know if there's such a thing but I know there's train spotters but it feels like somebody does aeroplane spotting. You now you can go online and you see the numbers of the plane and where it is in the air. I feel like dad has a keen interest and would have aeroplane spotted. Great. We actually have two ladies with their hands raised. Then if that's the case, one of the two ladies must have been on the app and saw the aeroplanes flying about <laughs> because I know what I'm looking at because I know that we have used that app now that 
there's planes in the air again. Thank you very much. We have Katie with her hand raised. Katie, can you press your unmute button on your side? Hi, Katie. Hi. Welcome. Hi, Katie. So you understand everything that I've said so far? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. And you must have been looking at the app and watching planes overhead. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But your dad must have been a very keen aeroplane spotter. Yeah, we used to go um, aeroplane spotting all the time. I've never heard of it, but I know what he's showing me. And he must have logged the aeroplane numbers as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he would be able to tell the people what plane moved from, say, British Airways to EasyJet to Ryanair. He'd be able to track the airplane. How fascinating. Wow. And I know your dad would have also known about the capacity of the planes. Um, and I know that um, your dad hasn't been too long in the spirit world, though, Katie. Um, no, it's been quite a long time. Okay. Then I have to say there must have been a conversation with you and the people around about you that your dad has overheard because he's speaking about the Malaysian airline that went down and and disappeared. Yeah. um, I was speaking to my family yesterday about him um, and that might be why. Okay, because I know your dad is um, fascinated about how a plane just goes missing. There must have been conversations where he spoke to the family on you about the Bermuda Triangle, how planes would go in and not come out. Yeah, he did. And I, I went and saw it, actually. So Because okay. um, I, I know he, he takes me to that area. His mind is so pinpoint. If you wanted to know something, he logged everything. And I know your dad's mind would be very interested in, in understanding how things went. Your dad also understood how the engines of airplanes worked, too. Mm-hmm. And the the engine sizes and the capacity. And you would have a memory of going on a plane, Katie, and your dad's sitting there going, and now the engine's going to run and that's him putting the landing gear down and now they'll be checking the flaps. He knew about what happened on them. Yeah, he did. We went on a flight once and um, it was his first time and he was, yeah, he was talking through it the whole time. Because I feel all excited for him that he's getting (laughs) to be on the plane as it does all the things he's he's heard about. But you would also have memories of going with your dad to airplane shows and seeing, I don't know the name of the plane, um, but the planes that have the two um, wings where people used to tie themselves on there. You must have saw those doing acrobatics in the air. Yeah, we did. We used used to go to like um, Farnborough Air Show and watch all the different planes. And on those um, air shows, you must have had memories of your dad walking you away and you and him going for ice cream or a treat with just you and him. Yeah, we did. That was like my favourite time when we used to go. We used to go to the airport and then like we'd go and get something to eat. It's his favourite time as well. It's his time of being able to single you out and treat you to something special. I know your dad isn't overly emotional, but this was his way of diverting attention purely to you. And this was his way of sharing 
by you knew that being your dad sharing things earlier on I was speaking about how I like to hear Phil sing because I know he's enjoying it and I know that was your dad's way of sharing his passion with you about planes but I also have the sense Katie that as your dad grew older and um, there was a sense that he didn't get to see you into adult life he did but like he never met my children or anything so okay. I was, um, because yeah. i know your adult life he wants to acknowledge he's walked with you. you know that walk that you and him went on your own with ice cream he wants you to know that he's done that walk all the way through your life since his last breath he's gone nowhere thank you been very very close to you i have heard this a number of times from the spirit world where people in spirit say they got first hold of the babies before they drew their first breath well, I hope so, so. Don't, so don't think your dad never got to meet your children because he did that particular reading went on for a little while longer each reading lasts oh i don't know five to seven minutes something like that and there's usually about six readings that are done on our online congregation every sunday gathering we'd love it if you would come to join us go to we don't die.com and up at the top there is a tab that says sunday gathering and you register for your personal zoom link and then on Sunday, you just come and join us. Of course, the replays are all available there too. One thing I learned is if you attend a weekly spiritual service, you're healthier, you heal faster, you're happier, and you live longer. So that's a great reason to come. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our potpourri of different stories today and that you come back for the next episode. I'm Sandra Champlain. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.